Welcome back to the Quarren Stream, the Good Stream Quarren Stream. They've actually loosened things up here a little bit uh, this week, so there's still like curfew and all kinds of stuff, and you got to wear a mask and whatever. But um, it's gotten a little looser. I haven't decided to to go out to town and and see what's what's happening yet, but uh, I'll probably go later in the week. Um, really tired of being locked up around here. I mean, I've enjoyed the farming and I've enjoyed, you know, spending extra time with the family, you know, drinking rum with my wife, nervously, wondering if we're all going to die, you know, counting how many cans of beans we've stuffed under the bed. You know, the kind of good wholesome stuff that um, 2020 was made for. So anyhow, <laughs> I, uh, I hope you guys are all doing quite well and that things aren't too bad in your area. Alan says, a little slow hiking up the mountain. Actually, I got, uh, I've been up on the mountain now for, uh, for an hour and a half or so, but I was, I was trying to put the last touches on a email because the, uh, Homegrown Food Summit is airing, they're airing my presentations again this coming weekend and I had to announce it before, um, it was too late. So you'll actually see below this video the Homegrown Food Summit link to watch my video how to establish your first vegetable garden without breaking the bank and then my other video that they are airing again which I never actually put on YouTube before so it's they, they have it uh, is Compost Everything the movie where I'm going and checking out different composting systems in different places and you know it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and you can see what I look like back when I was really, really working out. <laughs> back when I was in Florida and I was working out regularly and I, I had food and stuff. <laughs> and I was I was like 174 pounds and, and quite a bit of muscle. Now I'm uh now I'm I still have muscle but not like that. And I'm uh I'm I'm like 151 pounds, so it's pretty funny. Anyhow. What is this Shed Wars stuff? I know nothing about Shed Wars. I, I basically live in a shed, so I guess that, that counts for something. Um, so, I, so hi to Kyle Mack, hi to Lisa, hi to Alan and Scott, Brant, the Harry Farmer. A little earlier for you, only 9 p.m. in South Africa. So good. <laughs> good. I, I figured it would be nice to do it a little early. The reason I'm doing it a little earlier today is because the sun goes down at about uh, about 6.30, it's too dark to work outside anymore. And so what I wanna do is dig a garden bed this evening, but I wanna dig it in the, the cool of the evening. So I wanna dig it um, you know, a couple of hours before sundown, because that's, that's a nice time to work. The shadows are getting longer and the day's getting cooler and the breeze picks up. And so I wanted to, to get this, do this first instead of spending the last couple cool hours of the day doing a uh, a live stream setup and everything. I figured I'd just do it this afternoon. So it's, I, we're working around my gardening. Um, Onalina, yes, I am doing fine. Thank you, I hope you're well too. Matt, Jason, Betty. Uh, <laughs> Sir Hat says, watching this in a factory in the United States that is currently producing electronics. Hooray for American made. That's awesome. And thank you for the super chat. Hey, Carolyn, Arkansas, Woodcutter, <clears throat> Shed Wars. 
and live in a shed. I literally live in a shed. But I designed it. It looks cool. It's a cool looking shed. And I actually designed it so the uh, the air is pulled up and and out of the top. It, it has a lean-to style roof with, a, with quite an angle and it lets in light from the north side. And then um, there is venting at the top and there's venting at the bottom so it creates a constant draft that draws warm air out. So even in the middle of uh, the, the heat of the day, there are no windows that are facing the sun side. And the, the way the roof is tilted is it draws the hot air up and, and out. So if you're running a fan, a little fan in there, it's like, it's perfectly cool. I don't even feel like I need, you know, air conditioning at night or anything. It's very nice. But, uh, you know, there you go. So, yeah, Betty says, can only work early or late, already too hot. So to, let's talk about today's topic. I don't have a ton of time today, so we'll run we'll run for about another half hour or so, I guess. But I, I really want to get down there and uh, and plant. And so you guys saw my last little little video, the uh, the the what is this system? And multiple people guessed correctly. It is syntropic agriculture. And then somebody said, Pete Canaris is already doing it, man. You must watch Pete Canaris. He's already doing it. Actually, I don't. I don't really watch videos, so I am. I'm often uh, behind. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not actually. The way I learn is generally through um, reading, not through watching. And so I'm. I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage on YouTube sometimes because I. I really have no idea what other people are doing, and it doesn't help that I. Like even if I wanted to go find out what you know what Pete's doing or what Scott's doing right now and that sort of thing. Um, my internet is such that the little bit of time, you know, that I, that I have online where I heck up the mountain and, and, you know, get a connection on my cell phone so I can do this sort of thing. The little bit of time that I have, um, I don't, I don't really have time to watch many videos at all. So even when I had internet, I wasn't watching very many videos, but now, um, you know, so sometimes if I'm, if I'm repeating stuff, you know, um, it's not, it's not intentional. I'm not like, uh, you know. So and so did this video. I better turn around and you know try to do my own version of it. I I literally just have no idea what's going on. So you can quote me on that. David literally has no idea what's going on. Um, and and so this is this brings another thing in. It seems that this entropic agriculture idea has just hit the zeitgeist. There's a time. There's a time a lot like where an idea pops up seemingly from everywhere all at the same time and and it's funny because the guy that came up with the syntropic agriculture idea was doing a lot of the the same kind of observations that i was doing where he's looking around and saying what about this you know this this chopping and dropping build soil and and food forest systems are more productive and and look at the way the jungle is I wonder if we could take some of these things, and I wonder if we could make it, you know, work for uh, a, a more more of a heavy production stuff. So Ernst, Ernst Goch. So Ernst is is Swiss, and he moves to Brazil, and he starts this system 40 years ago. So there's nothing there's nothing new under the sun. And 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 so here I am playing with all these ideas, like like you saw me do. What was it like a, a year? 
least a year ago, um, when I was doing the talking about edible edible hedge systems, like a, like you could almost make a, a more productive system running running hedges that you could access from both sides than doing a straight on forest where everything is you know all rolling all around you, and and so I'm thinking okay you know I was planning to do these hedge systems on the side, my old food forest project uh, North Florida, massive amount of biomass uh tithonia diversifolia planted in that thing it's ridiculous and um and, and i planted this stuff in big clumps and then we just chop it and drop it around my fruit trees over and over and over again during the year so there's another cool piece and the whole composting everything i used to drop you know big pieces of wood on the ground when somebody was cutting down a tree next door i would haul the the round chunks of wood and just roll them into my food forest and let them rot down to feed the soil. And I, you know, somebody said, oh, you should see the Back to Eden. Somebody commented today, you should see the Back to Eden film. Do you know Paul Gauchi? Yes, I wrote a review of uh, the Back to Eden film eight years ago. So there's a lot of these, a lot of these ideas that have been floating around. And here I am like, what if I did this? And 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 then as soon as I do the video, like there's comments in the video, hey, you should see so-and-so, hey, you should see so-and-so, hey, Pete Canaris is doing this, and hey, um, you should see this and that, the other thing. And uh, and 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 um, one of you guys, uh, Andrew, who I mentioned in the last video, Andrew compiled a PDF for me with a ton of data and a ton of links to videos from Brazil and and farmers experimenting with this alley cropping, intensive chop and drop, heavy pruning. That's another thing, the pruning, the pruning part of it, right? I got completely into uh, Ann Ralph's book, Grow a Little Fruit Tree. And and I talked about how you can take a really big tree, like like normally a tree that would get massive, and put it into a tiny space. Like like I had a, I had a mango tree that I kept at about five feet tall in a big pot. And, and looking at some of this stuff, um, it's like all of the pieces all came together and it's and somebody was 40 years 40 years ahead of me. It's awesome. It's awesome. And uh and sometimes I I was actually praying the other night. This is a dangerous thing to pray, by the way. I was praying the other night that I wouldn't be proud of my accomplishments. Right? I just finished a book. I'm feeling really pleased with myself. And uh and I and I pray I'm like, you know, Lord, keep me from being Keep me from being prideful and, and judgmental and, and let me remember that I am not, I am not, um, I'm not anything without the gifts that you gave me, right? I, I didn't ask to be, to be born, you know, and, and grow up to be six foot one uh, or to have crooked lower teeth or slight scoliosis of the spine. Those things I wouldn't have chosen. I didn't, I didn't uh, have any say in being born, you know, with, with German and Anglo-Saxon blood. I didn't have any say in the, in being born into the family that I was born into with the, with a wonderful brother and sisters that I have. Um, you know, school was very, very easy for me. I could say, look at how smart I am, but why am I smart? It's because I was, I was born with it. It was a gift to me. Everything that I have was a gift to me. And that, that's the way it is. So pride is one of those sins that's one of the worst uh, sin you have to stay on top of it because it says hey, I you know like I deserve this 
I I earned this. I'm I'm so bright or I'm so talented or I'm so rich because blah 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 blah. You know, you don't have anything you don't have anything that wasn't given to you. You know? Uh, and and even if you called it fate rather than rather than God, I mean being being proud is a <laughs> I mean, we all die, right? We're all gonna we're all gonna age, we're getting older. Um, I've got some gray hairs on the sides. We we wear out, and eventually we lay in bed. You know, if we're lucky. We lay in bed, we take our our last breath, and and it's over. And nobody's gonna remember. Nobody's gonna remember David the Good, hardly. You know, I mean, some people will have my books. I'll live on through my writing probably, but the the YouTube ecosphere will probably be gone in some years. Um, people will be on to something else. And it'll be something else, and and it'll be like, oh, I'm trying to recover the the past glories. Remember when I did that Bafemus film? Nobody cares about Bafemus anymore. Lord have mercy. Nobody cares about Bafemus. It was beautiful. I'm like telling my grandkids, when I was young, I saw Bafemus. You know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know. So I was I was kind of. Um, I was I was praying this, and of course, even by telling you that I'm praying not to be proud, it sounds like I'm bragging. So, like, there's no winning. You can't win this game. Look at how humble I am. I was praying not to be proud, right? There's no way to win. It's like, like, like we can't do anything good without there being some sort of selfishness in it. Even if it's the selfishness of saying, "Oh, it feels so nice to be to be nice to somebody." You call somebody up and wish them a, a, a good day, and you feel so good about yourself because you're such a nice person that you wished them a good day. You know. We can't get around the fact that we're we're selfish and prideful, so whatever. But anyhow, I was I was thinking about it, and then and 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 I was sitting in the garden and going, I I, I think I was thinking about somebody that was that was irritating to me in some way, and I was thinking, I wish they were like this, or I wish I don't remember who it was or or what the situation was, but I was thinking about it and turned it over in my head, and it was like this voice said, Hey. You need to stop, you know, you're not the end all. Start thinking about the stupid stuff that you've done and stop thinking about the stupid stuff that they did. And that, that kind of made me think, I was like, okay, Lord, help me not to be prideful. And, um, and then, you know, it's like right after I did this, this I've got these crazy, brilliant ideas, I'm a genius. And then uh, everybody's like, uh, dude, you got beat by a Swiss guy. So anyhow, um, it's pretty funny. It's really funny. I love it. So, so thank you all for you guys um, sending me sending me the bits and pieces and 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 letting me know that uh, um, you know here here's this idea and that idea and especially thank you to to Andrew. I'm actually so excited about having new new stuff to to experiment with, and I'm so excited by um, you know you feel like you hike up a mountain. Um, looking for answers and then you find out that you were already you know all the answers were already <laughs> already there it's like i I'm, I'm halfway through my hike uh and and it's like oh all the answers were already there somebody already did it all you know uh you think you're gonna <laughs> it's like discovering the old ones in antarctica right i mean you think you're gonna go crossing antarctica and then you run into the to the old ones and the their perverse uh architecture and it's terrifying and, and there's this far off piping howling sound and, and you realize like man was not the first people. Yeah. 
man was not first to Antarctica. The old ones were. But they weren't even. Because there was there was a race before them that was even more terrifying, which they tried to, you know, wall in underneath. So anyhow, all of you guys, um, thank you. <coughs> um yeah, it is okay. Yeah, it is okay to be happy about providing here, helping others with your knowledge. It's okay. You don't want to roll. You don't want to walk around beating yourself with a stick every day, saying, "Be humble." There are things. There is a legitimate satisfaction to doing things that's the right way, which is built, which is built into our our souls. We feel good about helping, you know, helping our neighbor because we're supposed to help our neighbor, you know. Um. So anyhow, I, I, uh, th there's nothing new under the sun. I want to thank uh, Carolyn uh, for the, the super chat. And a big welcome to Matt Simmons, new member Matt Simmons. By the way, if you are a member of this, this channel, uh, tomorrow I'm going to do a members-only stream to discuss my new book, Florida Survival Gardening. So all the members... Uh, of this of this channel if you look back in the posts there are members only posts if you're a subscribing paying member for the channel I gave away the pre release version of it to members so um, we are going to have a members only discussion tomorrow um, let's do it tomorrow I'll shoot for tomorrow at three so uh, we'll, we'll see. And <clears throat> thank you very much for Scott. More money for rum. So I got money for rum and internet data. Thank you very much. And welcome to Matt. So a good quality hair shirt will help you be humble. That's a good idea. <laughs> Carter says my cotton is taking a little long and I want to transplant them, but I don't want them to get frost when they're still small. Well, that, that's good because the, they really don't, they don't have tolerance for it. So, Hey, Turka, nice to see you again. <laughs> um, so, since we're talking about nothing, nothing new under the sun, um, this is a this is a good question here. Where where is it? Oh, I lost it. Thomas says I haven't seen your videos in a while. I just moved to Florida and was looking at getting back to your composting videos. Are you not in Florida anymore? No, I I live in Central America now. Um, Brand says I would be a member, but YouTube doesn't give me the option. Usually, there's a uh, a member join as a channel member underneath the or around the chat section. Maybe one of you guys can explain how it works. I'm I can't see it because I'm in the in the YouTube Studio back thing. Um, <clears throat> Joe says, "Hey David, what grains do you grow for bread? Also, I ground up rice into a flour made dough and let it sit for thirty hours. I couldn't cultivate yeast. Any pointers? Um, generally, yeast will find it if it's." If it's uh, if it's there, but I don't I don't know how well uh, rice flour would actually rise uh, at all because it doesn't have enough gluten uh, gluten in it to make it you know to hold the bubbles. But I I don't grow grains with the exception of corn. I grow corn because corn is the only one that seems to make sense on a a home scale. Uh, generally. Roots are way more productive than grains, so I stick to I stick to growing to roots for carbohydrates. My favorite 
one to grow is the true yam, the, the great big Dioscoria species. That's my favorite root to grow, but my favorite one to actually, for, for staying full, is uh, cassava. Because we, we found during the lockdown, we managed to go 12 weeks without shopping for for groceries. We did have a couple of friends drop us off a couple of things, but but not much. We, we basically, we lived on a lot of stuff that I had planted, and we lived on what we had accumulated, but we ate a lot. We ate a lot of bagged rice, but we also ate quite a bit of roots, um, quite a bit of yams, and we, we ate some cassava. And I found that the cassava filled me up and, and helped me to stay full much better than any, you know, rice or, or yams did. So, oh, a member join isn't available on an Apple phone. So you'd have to join from a, a PC probably. Okay, okay. Uh... My daughter makes bread sometimes. My my daughter makes bread, but we just use purchased wheat flour. <clears throat> just as I like grains because of the store time and protein. Yeah, I understand it, but um, I'm I'm in the tropics, so uh, there's not a lot of grains here other than other than maize or grain corn that really works particularly well. Um, I heard that somebody was growing dryland rice. But I, I, I don't know where that is, and, and they said they weren't doing it anymore. So, no, I don't sell seeds. I used to have a, I used to have a nursery. Um, but I, no, I, I can't because trying to import anything to the United States, particularly plant material, is insane. <laughs> Turkey says, COVID update from Finland. Average personal space for a Finn is approximately nine to twelve feet. So squeezing as close as six feet is making everyone extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, uh, one of my one of my friends, um, who works at at the publishing house, is from Finland, and he he actually gave me a lot of a lot of uh, in input into Finnish mythology for my Jack Broccoli series of books and oh my goodness um, Finns are not they don't think the same <laughs> we don't think the same way he's 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 brilliant but it's very interesting to see the cultural differences like he's like we feel that Americans are are all idiots because they smile all the time like idiots it's funny uh, Scott says, we estimated today that our garden can provide enough staple food for two people in a serious survival situation. Need to expand. That's very good. Um, I'm kind of going back and forth in my gardens between, you know, how much maintenance does it take to how much food does it produce? Which is why I, I like this syntropic agriculture thing because the dry season here has been very dry. We've got we got like three eighths of an inch of rain this last week after like three weeks of no rain, and and it's it's just it's just very dry this year. And and in order to water my gardens, I've got to drag a hose around, and I've got to use the city water because I do not have enough rainwater or enough pressure. And I don't have a pump to pump it up from the river, which is way down the hill. And and so looking at this, looking at this situation of the dry season, I planted stuff wider so I wouldn't have to water that much. But I still have to drag that hose around uh, 
at least once a week. And right now, some of the plants are just kind of hanging on. They, they're not thriving. They're not producing like they should. The the beans that I planted next to my um, next to my gray water drain just went crazy, and they made lots of beans. And the bush beans produced for like two months. Because the ones that were out in the gardens, they produced about half as much, and some of them just died. They just got unhappy and died. The ground is hot. It's really dry, and um, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm, I'm not deep mulching the garden space because we needed a survival garden. We need to get stuff in right away and do it. And the amount of biomass we'd have to transport, how fast it rots down, everything it's it's a big problem. So I think that the the you know long term to use these chop and drop systems to create a lot of biomass on site solves multiple problems. And it, it's something that you can read in in. In John Jeevan's book, uh, Grow More Vegetables. Now, I think John Jeevan's is uh, probably a commie, but John Jeevan's also uh, has some really has some really interesting ideas, and it's a really kind of a, there's some cool stuff about the the grow biointensive system, and uh, and I've recommended his book before. So, John, even if you're a commie, I read your book. Read your book, man. I also read the Communist Manifesto like 10 times um, but anyhow <laughs> the one of the things that that he recommends is growing a lot of biomass in order to make compost with so when you when you when you do that you're you're growing crops that may give you a little bit of food yield but a, a lot of 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 uh, carbon yield for for the compost pile so I want to say um, Thank you very much to Holly for the super chat. Much appreciated. I, um, I, I really appreciate it. That's nice of you. Thank you. Um, Stop dragging my hose around. That's right. <laughs> I'm age for my smart. Um, so, oh, it's funny. Tim says we're... Where did you move to? I know you used to live in Florida. My wife was one of your master gardeners. Oh, that's really cool. But one of the things that John does, right, is um, is he grows these these calorie these these carbon crops. So they have some calories, but they're they're things like rye, where you grow rye and you get you know a couple of loaves of bread, but you get a big pile of compost. So he would you know they would make these compost piles and then rot everything down and bring it to the garden but one thing i really liked about the food forest systems was that you are making your your you're growing your compostable material right in place and and you're you're just chopping and dropping so you see all the woods around me right now all this material could be chopped and dropped to the ground to increase the amount of humus in the ground store more moisture stop erosion and all those good things and I was I was playing with ideas on how to do this in my in my annual gardens, but you know everybody's like, why don't you mulch? Why don't you mulch? Why don't you mulch? Because when you just try to start a system like that, when you're just starting, like I literally just started in December with the annual gardens. Uh, let's see, so end of December, January, February, March, April, May, so five five months, and it's been dry season. So uh, the wet season is supposed to start in another month or so probably and and then then things grow really really fast but what i needed was was food i didn't have time to create a big you know composting system or chop and drop systems and stuff i only just got 
fruit trees in the ground in the, the front food forest area um, last year in July when the, after the rainy season started. When I was sure the rainy season started, I planted my trees. They got well rooted. But now that, man, that food forest is dry. Even the weeds are dry. The trees are still hanging on because they got planted in the rainy season and they got their roots deep before the drought came. But it's, it's droughty right now. And, you know, instead of, instead of having to cut a lot of material, haul it to the compost pile, compost it, then haul it back to the gardens, the chop and drop of the food forest was something I really love. It's one of my favorite things is chopping up, chopping up stuff and throwing it around the ground to make, to make soil. Um, if you look at pictures I took in the Great South Florida Food Forest Project seven years ago, eight years ago, man, something like that nine years ago maybe some of them um we we went around the neighborhood in fort lauderdale my dad and i gathered all of the neighbor's yard waste bins and rolled them down dumped them into the backyard and then put them back we we got you know croton prunings and palm fronds and big hunks of bogan bogan via trimmings with all the thorns and stuff and just piles and piles and we cut up a chefalera tree that was kind of too near the house and dad chainsawed it into bits and we put chefalera bits everywhere and there was so much stuff we dropped on the ground and within a few months just a couple of months i visited my parents again and digging around underneath this i mean it was like two to three feet of yard waste underneath it um I dug down into the sand. Now the sand had been this dead gray white stuff. If you've seen South Florida sand, it's it's amazing. It's really dead. And I dug into it and it was full of life. Full of life. I mean it was it was this spongy brown humus with lots and lots of little insects in it and um, little millipedes in it chewing through it and stuff like like nature had just come along and and transformed that soil underneath. And so I, at the same time that I had dropped all that material, we planted uh, some nitrogen fixers. Like, what is it? Uh, we planted a couple of cassias, and uh, we we also planted phosphorus accumulator, uh, Tithonia diversifolia, which is a great. You know, that's the great biomass crop, Mexican sunflowers, and and that stuff keeps getting chopped to cover. You know, so you don't have to always dig up the neighbor's yard waste. You know, um, so. The system ended up making soil where there was no soil before. There was no soil in South Florida. You know, if you, and if we uncovered that area, uh, it would turn back into gray white sand within a year. You'd never know that you had improved it because the, the way the geology is and the way the rainfall and the sun and the, the fast decomposition of material is just incredible. It looks like the desert again if you uncover it. But if you go into an area where there's deep, shady woods you can find you know i remember seeing um <clears throat> little holes all over the place worm casting holes all all around underneath um the base of a uh, big ficus tree and thinking look at that there's worms here there were no worms in my backyard because my backyard was a very low level ecosystem growing up now it's a food forest uh thanks to my my mom and dad but um you know we just didn't see worms we would see worms when we went on vacation to Appalachia and we would go fishing in the lake in North Carolina at my grandpa and grandma's place. But we didn't see worms in our backyard in Florida. Uh, the only place we saw worms was in the, when we went to the park and there were these ficus trees with lots of, lots of leaves and dark, damp area and the worms would be living in it. So, you know, it's, it's really a great, 
um, it, it's really a great thing to dump a ton of of biomass on the ground and watch how it makes soil and how it transforms the space and how it brings all the life in. But it's not the sort of thing that you can just start right away unless you have access to, you know, big truckloads of mulch or something like that. You know, if, if, <clears throat> if I wanted to cover my area with uh, bagas, I can get the sugarcane scraps. Now, I don't know what they spray on the, the sugarcane fields. I've heard they spray nasty stuff. I don't know if they do that in my area or not. I have no idea. I have to find out. But if I wanted to get a load of it, it's like, it's expensive. Like a dump truck was, uh, let me think, it's like $150 a load. I think I told you guys this the other night. Um, and so that, that load would cover an area to a foot or two deep, maybe a 10, 10 by 20 or something tops, a dump truck full. I'm like, there's no way. Not spending that money. So what what needs to happen is the mulch needs to be grown in place. So what what I am planning to do is to convert part of the food forest into more of a a centropic, you know, like rows of rows of hedge hedge material that can be chopped and dropped with rows of uh, rows of trees and rows of crops. Because I've got a I've got a guy that is pushing me to do some market market farming gardening. And I think it's a, it would be really good. He, he's like, he wants me to plant like 1,250 pak choy. And I, I don't know that I really want to grow that much pak choy. <clears throat> but he knows he could sell it. So I could, I could probably make some all right money doing that. But I would like to, I would like to have to, to, to bypass, I'd like to bypass the fertilizing and the irrigation side of things. And so if this system works which, which it should work just fine because I've got the right climate for it. Um, after the initial throwing the beds together, which is the hard work, then uh, with the rainy season, I get to grow a lot of biomass on the beds and around the beds and then drop that stuff and let it rot down. So we know it's going to work because there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, Ruth Stout discovered that deep mulching makes for good soil underneath and... Um, you know, Paul Gauchi discovered it, and you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So, these things have all happened before. And anybody who has gone out into the woods and seen a deep, uh, rich, moist soil during a period of drought, but it's only there in the forest, you you know what happens. You know, so we are going. I'm going to experiment with it, leaving my my compost and double dug bed system down at the bottom, which is a little more biointensive style. And then, and then doing the centropic at the top. But I am going to plant more crops deliberately to make me more compost, particularly vetiver grass, Mexican sunflowers, moringa, some of those things. So you'll get to see it evolve. Um, I'm going to go and, and work on it right now. <laughs> and I'll get a few beds in, and then I'm going to film you guys a really good video. But Jerry, welcome. New member, Jerry. Um, those of you guys who are members, make sure, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and do, I'll try to do 3 o'clock tomorrow. If I don't do 3 o'clock, it will be uh, 6 o'clock, maybe 5 o'clock. If it's not 3 o'clock, it'll be 5 o'clock. Um, I have to see how things how things work out. My, my wife was trying to arrange something for the afternoon, so we're going to shoot for that. <clears throat> Betty says, more bugs and pest pressure with more mulch. That's something I'm going to try and figure out. Um, that's one reason why I'm not going to do just a straight-up conversion and everything.
because there sometimes are incredible problems with mulch, uh, bringing in slugs and snails and that sort of thing. So we're, we're not, the way we do this is through experimenting. And that's, I'll, I'll just share it as I go along. <clears throat> Anita says, good vegetables to plant under established trees. Most greens will take it. Uh, most greens you can grow in some shade. Uh, ginger likes to grow in the shade. You can also grow pineapples there. Betty says, I planted pak choy this morning with partial shade, hoping it will do okay. I hope so. That's It's pretty it's pretty hot for it right now. Hey, Newman Bear, Welcome back. Let me see. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the comments here now. Carter says, I'm starting a food waste compost business. Very good. That's very useful. Just watch out for hay, straw, and manure if anybody is offering you any of that for your compost because it can destroy the whole batch. Uh, look out for amino pyrrolates. They're the, they're the most terrifying problem in compost and, and purchase soil and purchase manure now. Uh, Annalena says, for the first years after mulching, I was okay, Betty, but in the last two years, I've seen an increase in slug population in millipedes. Generally, I haven't had problems with the millipedes. They're a good primary decomposer. I have had problems with slugs. So, um, Scott says, deep mulch brings snails and slugs to my garden. Slug pellets keep them down. Yeah, and one of the things, you know, that may, that may be the case is some plants are not particularly susceptible to slugs and snails. Like, bananas don't care. Cassava doesn't care. Uh, Tanya or Dasheen, they don't care. Um, you know, taro, right? Um, and the, the tree crops don't care. It's it's the things like the lettuces and the pak choy and, and, and some of that stuff that really gets wrecked. Peas, you know. Uh, so you have to be able to adjust your systems according to what you're growing. I know that I grow, I grew some really good pak choy just in the double dug beds with some compost and ashes. Um, so, and, and, and it really kept the pests down. Like people are like, oh, there's almost no pests in your garden. It's like, yeah, it's because I got rid of everything. Um, there's a lot of work, but ideally what happens is, is you've got banks of different plants and you've got intercropped mixtures of stuff. So nature tends to balance out. Sometimes you get a big influx of one thing, but then a short period of time later, something else comes and wipes it out. Like I have a lot of toads on my property at night when I go out at night there are toads hopping all over the place which is great so I want to leave places for the toads you know if so if I have perennial beds with some rocks in them and chunks of log and all that kind of stuff the toads can sleep in there during the day and then at night they can come out and eat whatever they want so you know it's really good really good um, to to see how nature balances it by providing the habitat for things to live in. And of course, you know, I, I live in a um, very tropical climate, so there's a lot of life here already. If I make space for it, it'll show up in insane amounts sometimes. <clears throat> no, I'm not sure, Carter. I would, I would probably, um, I would probably start talking to, to some local restaurants and seeing if they want to have a way to virtue signal, you know, and talk about how green they are by recycling their food waste. Big problem often is the uh, the plastic stuff that gets mixed in. But if they're not using the plastic straws and things so much anymore, um, 
And some of that stuff you can sift out later, but man, it can be a, a pain handpicking it. I mean, uh, somebody I knew bought a bought a big load of, of compost and it had like plastic tags and syringes and stuff in it. It's kind of freaky, you know? <laughs> Holly says, apparently snails are the new pet, according to my daughter. Crazy, right? Maybe you can grow the snails and sell for extra cash. My daughter went down to the river uh, a month ago and and picked a bunch of snails out of the river to make snail chowder with. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Anita says, what about coconut husks as mulch, maybe in small gardens? Yeah, absolutely. Coconut husks are great mulch. Really good. And, and they're really good when they're soaked with water. If you... If you put them in a, a barrel or something and soak them so they get really soppy wet and then you bury them underneath or put them in the bottom of containers and things like that, they hold a lot of water and they, they release it over time. You do the same thing chopping up banana stems and putting hunks in the ground. So anyhow, guys, i got to take off. I want to thank you all for the super chat. I'm going to do the members only stream tomorrow. And... Let me see if I can find our list of super chats here. It's always jumping around on me. Come on, you can do it. Let me see. Make sure we got this here. I wanna welcome Matt and, and Jerry as new members. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here, glad to have uh, the support, much appreciated. Thank you to Scott for the rum money, and Holly for the super chat, and Carolyn for a little bit for internet data, and Sir Hat, who is working in a factory. Well, he's watching it in a factory. Maybe you're not working because you're watching me, but um, <laughs> producing electronics in the United States of America, the greatest nation in the world, the greatest America. Okay, anyhow. Um, I may be getting a little homesick sometimes. Anyhow, guys, have a great rest of the evening. I am going to go dig. My, my One of my sons was going to uh, be broad forking while I was doing this. So hopefully the bed's already dug when I get down there. I guess we'll see. I'm going to go uh, do some gardening. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for everything. Thanks for keeping me humble. Till next time, may your thumbs always be green. I'll post some cool updates and pictures soon. And don't forget... The Grow Network, sign up to watch my presentations this weekend. They are re-airing. So if you want to see how to establish a vegetable garden on the on the cheap and compost everything in the movie, those are both there. There is a link below this video. You can sign up and watch for free when they air. Coming up very soon. You'll get an email in your inbox that says when it is. So, And Betty, <laughs> Betty says a $5 super check for the chickens. All right, I have to keep check, track of this chicken money. I need to get out of the hardware store. Get some chicken supplies. All right, guys. Have a great rest of the evening. Go do some gardening while it's cool. Um, until next time, may your thumbs always be green. <laughs>